Dirch. This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. We interrupt this program to bring you the following message. What if everything you've been told about money was a lie? It's time for the truth. Welcome to Financial Coaching Radio, where cookie-cutter financial advice just doesn't cut it. With your host, certified financial planner, Jason Qualls. He's giving it to you straight and pulling back the curtains on the financial advice industry. No hidden agenda and no one-size-fits-all baby steps. Only unbiased, objective help for your entire financial life. Tackling your money questions at 893-1450. And now, here's the host of Financial Coaching Radio, commission-free, certified financial planner, Jason Qualls. What is up? We're the one show giving you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio. And I'm your host, Jason Qualls, certified financial planner, one of the only independent commission-free financial advisors in Rutherford County. For all about me, check out jasonqualscfp.com. That's J-A-S-O-N-Q-U-A-L-L-S-C-F-P.com. You don't have to work with financial sales, folks. Make sure your advisor's on your side, your team, only paid by you, only working for you as the top credential in the biz of CFP. Got a good show lined up for you today. If you want to jump in by email, click email the show at financialcoachingradio.com. You can also find the social media links there as well. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. I'll take questions those ways as well. For those of you approaching retirement or just wanting to learn more about retiring, this segment is for you. And... I one of the biggest thing, well, it's not the biggest. Obviously, you had to have enough money to retire. But to determine how much money you need to retire, you need to determine how much you need in income. You need a budget, right? You need to know how much per month you are going to be spending in retirement. This doesn't have to be some complicated thing when it comes to figuring out your spending. An easy way to go through this process. Let me give you the hard way first. Let me back up. The hard way is track everything going in and out. And you say, well, this much has been going to groceries. This much has been going to the electric. This much has been going for eating out or dining out. This much is for whatever. And you just categorize and you just you track and track and track and track and track. And you're writing it all down, you've got a spreadsheet or using some type of software or a smartphone app. Nothing wrong with all of that. But for those of you, and it is, I'm amazed. I'm not the only financial person. I have two amazements in this, in this area when it comes to financial advisors and when it comes to individuals. So amazement one when it comes to individuals. A lot of people have done a very good job of saving money in order to prepare for retirement. Now, this they could have been doing it on their own. They could have been working with a different type of financial advisor. It doesn't matter. A lot of people do a very good job of saving money. They don't know if they've saved enough, but they're good at putting it away. So when I ask the question, well, 
If you were to retire today, how much in monthly income would you need? And it's usually, well, I don't know. Uh, we have a mortgage or we don't have a mortgage. We, you know, we don't have a whole lot of bills. You know, maybe 2000 3000 4000 It's almost like a guess. But the main thing to make sure your retirement income strategy is appropriate for you and your investment strategy is appropriate for your retirement income strategy, we need to know within a far degree of certainty how much money it's taking you to live. And going back to the other earlier statement, there's a complicated way to do it. Track everything, be very meticulous and detailed. But I would submit to you that if you have a tax return handy, you look at and assume that you're not a business owner. You're just a normal W-2 person. You look at the amount on your tax return of wages. That's your inflow. Uh, obviously, you can count interest and all the other stuff. It's not that difficult of an equation, but you look at all the inflows on your tax return and then you deduct out the amount that you had withheld in taxes. That's also on your tax return. And then you also back out the amount that you are typically putting away into savings on a monthly basis. If it's zero, it's zero. If it's $100 a month, equate that, $500, $1,000, whatever. I'm not saying saving into your retirement plans because typically if you're a wage earner or a W-2 employee, you're making 401k contributions, that has already been taken out of the wage portion on your tax return. So wages minus taxes withheld minus the amount of savings going into cash, that gives you the total amount of money you spent for the year divided by 12. Not complicated. Is it totally accurate? Absolutely not, because you may weigh, hey, I had a an extra expense last year, or I, I had an expense that went away last year that's coming back. You work your way into it. But typically, we're trying to find out what on a monthly basis is your total outflow, and we want to arrive there quickly without a whole lot of stress and aggravation for you, because if we get really close to the number, then we can get into the meat and potatoes of retirement planning. For instance, if you need $5,000 a month of total income and we're counting on Social Security and pensions, then we can determine how much we need to have coming in from our investments, our 401ks, 403bs, IRAs, Roth IRAs, whatever. And then that designs an income plan, where to take from or what to take from where in the most, attack, in the most tax efficient way. So we don't run out of money and also guides us to the most appropriate investment strategy for that income stream off of those investments. But it all starts with a basic knowledge of knowing what your monthly expenses and budget is. Too many people approaching retirement do not have a budget and it all starts with a budget. I'm not really saying a budget. That's really the wrong term, right? I don't really care if you're budgeting. It's important. If you're not, you should. Not part of this segment today. But I'm really talking about we need to know what you're spending, whether or not it's under a budget or not. What is going out the door so we can make sure you have enough, we know what you will need in retirement. So that was part one of where individuals need to do a better job of knowing what they will need in retirement. 
And I don't mean like what's your magic number you need to have saved. Your income need needs to be in retirement. But on the flip side, where advisors fall short. And the reason that advisors fall short in this area and helping people plan for retirement, because most financial advisors are truly salespeople. What does that mean? It means their objective is to wherever your account is held, if your account is held at your employer, your investment account, or an IRA with some other company, or Roth with another company, they want to pick up your money, move it over to their control so they can get compensated on that money. And then it's more about how can you put more money there? Let's just talk about investments. Let's just talk about saving because that's what drives their compensation. They aren't really involved involved that much in financial planning and retirement income planning, so they're not really inclined to help you budget. That's what makes them financial salespeople is that they're more focused on just getting your business in the door than actually helping you accomplish your retirement planning goals. Whether you're an individual, figuring this out on your own, or working with a financial person, that's where it all must start. It starts with a budget. You cannot devise an appropriate investment strategy based on the amount of money you do have in retirement plans and money coming in from pensions or social security, if you do not know the total amount of monthly after-tax income you will need. You don't have to do it all on your own. So there's where the terminology comes in. I say financial salesperson quite often to drive home that I don't really care what a financial person calls themselves wealth manager wealth advisor financial planner financial advisor it doesn't really matter you need to find someone who actually does planning that doesn't this someone who does more than manage investments too often i'll say someone will ask me what i do and then i'll say financial planning and their, their mind immediately goes to investments only Financial planning or investments is just a part of investments or investments is just a part of financial planning. What is financial planning as it relates to retirement, retirement income planning, retirement distribution planning, tax minimization, investment management? And you can expand on that estate planning, insurance planning, risk management planning. Tax planning, all these things are facets of financial planning. If you have missed any of them, you have holes and gaps in your financial plan. So don't work with advisors who are one-track-minded investment only. Just talk about investment management because it's more complex than that, especially as you're nearing retirement. If you're one, two, three, four, five years away from retirement, and certainly if you're in retirement, Fire your financial salesperson. Hire an independent, fee-only, certified financial planner. It's not just radio speak. Get an advisor who only works for you, not an investment firm, not a financial firm, not an insurance company. An advisor who does not take compensation from bonuses or winning trips for sales awards or commissions. That they are only paid in the compensation arrangement that you and him or her discuss and make sure they're well-trained. CFP. All right, this is Financial Coaching Radio. I'm Jason Qualls, certified financial planner. For all about me, go to Jason Qualls.
cfp.com. Appreciate you listening today and every day. Stay tuned. We'll be talking a little bit about estate planning in this crazy world, crazy post-election world. What you need to know to make sure all of your estate planning is in order because, as I mentioned earlier, that's a part of financial planning too. Back at you right after this. Buying a house is stressful, and so is shopping for a mortgage. Take my advice and get a second opinion on the mortgage for your new home or your refinance. Not all banks and mortgage companies are created equal. Trust me on this. Call my friend Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Great team, great process, and the best rates. Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Hey, Financial Coaching Radio listeners, if you don't understand exactly how your financial advisor is compensated, you could be in big trouble. My name is Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner. To learn more about why my process is so unique, go to JasonQualsCFP.com or call 878-2134 today. Bakercouncil.com is his web address, bakercouncil.com. John Baker, welcome welcome back to the show. Yeah, great to be here, Jason. All right, so I want to start off, put you on the spot a little bit, talking about, you know, we had the election. We don't know what's happening with with the estate tax. A lot of talk been going around with what will happen to the stepped-up basis rule, where if you inherit investments, you inherit real estate, that whatever the value on the date of death, that is whoever the, the the beneficiaries, that is now their new basis for tax purposes. In essence, if you inherited it on January 1st and you sold it on basically January 1st or January 2nd, the asset, whatever it was worth, it would be no taxable gain at that point, no matter what the uh, the original owner's uh, cost or tax basis was. John, if, if stepped up, ba- I, if I've never been in financial planning where stepped up basis wasn't a a, a thing, I, I don't know if you've ever experienced it where it was. But if what are the planning techniques? What what knowledge needs to be known about stepped up basis if it goes away? What can be done? Uh, what are some some strategies there? Yeah, I, and, and I don't I don't believe I've been around where where it wasn't. Uh... Uh, where we did not have, you know, the the step up basis either, but I have heard others uh, talk about it and talk about attempts to, uh, you know, to modify that and some of the difficulties that that come with that. And, and the the main difficulty that I recall hearing is is is, uh, is valuing your basis and record keeping. You know, who most people are probably not keeping good records of what their basis is. Now, they may have their original purchase price or something, but you know certain assets where where that can might be harder to uh, to you know to 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 uh, record and document. Uh, you get 
into so, a lot so you're of saying problems. Losing the original basis is is a is a struggle. And in, in just the, the practicalities of implementing it, it, it is the record keeping and, and, and the and the verif you know determination of what the basis is. is. Uh, you know, I mean, do you want a harsh uh, taxpayer rule that basically says basis is zero unless you can presume different? You know, that would be. I don't know that that would be palatable. So, so I think there certainly are some logistical, practical issues when, when you talk about taking away the uh, step up in basis at death. Now, I have not read, you know, any of the proposals that, that Biden may have put out or, or, you know, for any specifics right now. But uh, but that's certainly... I think right now it's just an idea. It's like, hey, that's yeah. you know, kind of something he would say to... You know, yeah. To get through to his maybe his base, whether he can accomplish that, who knows? Right, right, and and uh, so I, yeah, I, I do think there are uh, you know some some complicating factors when, when you go go to do that. So let's talk about someone. Let's say grandmother, grandfather bought Walmart stock decades ago. You had a lot of dividend reinvestment, and now they've passed it down, maybe to. You know their children, which then they pass it down to the next. Whatever the scenario, right. it's just stock that was bought a long time ago, and there's really no paper trail of what the cost basis is. At least not on all of the shares owned. Yeah, I think, well, so that and if you lose the stepped up basis, that it becomes whatever the date of death value is when it passes at the most recent passing or most recent death. Going back to figure all that out would be a nightmare. Right, exactly. And, and if it's not there, so you may be forced to use zero. Yeah, and and and, may, and maybe there uh, is a certain level of step up, you know, up to a certain point. You know, maybe there's a cap, and then maybe they feel that step up only goes so far, and, and maybe you know, and so you know, maybe that's a obviously stepped option. up basis is a great thing for those inheriting uh, assets. Right. Okay. Do you do you recall what was the original agenda behind this? It can't. It couldn't just be. Well, hey, this is going to be great for taxpayers. You know, was I, it I, was it know. just because they just got tired of people saying, "I don't know what the basis yeah. was." You know, I, yeah, I really, I really don't, I really don't know the, the all the the origins of it. Like I said, part of it may have been that practicality issue. You know, simplification. Uh, you know, granting the step up, and we don't uh, get into all these issues of, of determination of the basis. Maybe that was part of it. Um, it, and there may have been other uh, other taxes or other other tax matters that, that, that were also involved, you know, when when these things were put in place that factored into it. But I really don't I really don't know the origins of, of it. From a tax standpoint, inheriting, you know, this is assets that are outside of retirement plans, you know, stocks or bonds or or mutual funds, exchange traded funds, in regular investment accounts. Usually better to inherit them outright. Same thing with real estate. Typically better to inherit them outright. What a lot of people try to do to circumvent uh, some of the Medicaid rules and, and long-term care plans, they try to do early gifting. They go ahead and gift these assets prior to death, which could cause the stepped-up basis to be lost. When someone has already done this, so they have a maybe grandmother owns a rental house and they go ahead and have her gift it to the grandchildren or she owns shares of Walmart, as the example earlier, and she goes and gifts it to the grandchildren prior to uh, her passing. Uh, what can be done to undo those things to get back the stepped up basis? Yeah, so so in those, in those scenarios where, you know, grandma gifts you know, grandson or, or whoever, a stock or, or a piece of property. So, so that grandchild is basically taking grandmother's basis, whatever that was. Whatever she paid for. Yeah. What is, so, the, so if she so, had a million dollar gain in it, 
That's what if she were to sell it, that's what the the beneficiaries. So so if if they've done that gifting and say, oh, well, we don't like the tax aspects of this. You know, how how do we? uh, Because most people don't realize they made a mistake until it's too late. Yeah. How how do we we modify this? Well, you you probably, you know, and it could probably vary from case to case what might be able to be done. But, you know, you're going to try to probably uh, perhaps, you know, undo it. Give it back. You know, and (laughs) and, uh, now. You know, depending on the the sizes of these gifts, and if if these uh, people have estate tax issues lingering out there, you know those things can factor into you know that as well, and and in giving back anything. So, uh, uh, you know, it would it, you, you certainly uh, would prefer not to be in that situation. If you're just joining in, we're talking estate planning with John Baker, estate planning attorney. BakerCouncil.com is his website. BakerCouncil.com. As I discuss all the time on Financial Coaching Radio, financial planning is multifaceted, especially if you're talking about retirement. It's not not just about how much investments you can accumulate. It's about managing your money, uh, budgeting. It's about uh, making sure you're taking income from the right sources to minimize taxes. Same thing as an estate plan. So if, if someone has assets... You know, there may be Medicaid planning issues and long-term care planning issues on their mind. It could be tax issues on their mind. It could be um, uh, estate tax and inheritance issues on their mind. So all these things have to work together to to be ha- have an efficient plan, right? right? Right. You have to you have to address all the issues, not just one. Right. So when someone comes in. And they're they're kind of one track minded. Well, hey, we want to protect mom's assets or grandmother's assets or grandfather. I would say most of them have overlooked the other parts of planning. They're important. Yeah, and that, and that's uh, you know very very common in you know in in, in all aspects of, of you know of practicing law and any state planning. And you know, for example, I had you know I got a message from my assistant somebody called and wanted a quick claim deed okay well you know the, there, there's a lot of questions there you know what for what's the purpose you know and and uh you know what other you know are there other things we need to be concerned about here and so uh some and then you know sometimes it is maybe that's what they were thinking about well i want to get this out of my name i don't you know if i have to go in a nursing home i don't want you know to lose my my property that you know we worked our whole lives for and so her so that's her goal, but maybe what she's thinking is the solution isn't the exact solution, and then that's why she comes to see the the lawyer so we can figure out well how do we achieve your goal? Um, you know, do we do we uh, get, give this to the daughter, or, or should we uh, get put it in a, in a special type of trust, or, or or do something else? So we have to kind of take what the information that the client has and determine. The situation, and then 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 provide them all the various options uh, with the deed scenario and giving away property. You know, we know if if you if 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 parent gives highly appreciated property to child, well, the child just lost step up in basis because now child has the parent's original basis simply because they did that deed. Had they waited to parent died, or done a life estate deed, or or maybe set up certain trusts. Uh, all those problems could have been avoided, and they could have gotten it, you know, to the child during their lifetime. Uh, but uh, so the takeaway uh, here is: know, slow down, yeah. get the right advice yeah. before making any yeah. and, and I, changes. And I have seen—I mean, I have seen those cases where where people, you know, just did the deed, you know, didn't really realize that they were creating other issues. 
All right, we're going to take another break. If you ever want to jump in by question, phone, email, or especially email, click email the show at financialcoachingradio.com. I'm your host, Jason Qualls, certified financial planner, back with John Baker, state planning attorney for Rapids. Would you like your business to be more efficient? Well-organized financial records are the foundation of any successful business. Taking advantage of your competition today by calling Tothero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072. They can provide you with expert bookkeeping, payroll services, tax planning, and much, much more. Go to thwcpa.com or call them at 848-1072 today. Do you have a financial plan? I'm not talking about a worthless binder full of pretty charts and graphs. Are you certain you're on track to reach all your financial goals? A comprehensive financial plan is about so much more than just your IRA and mutual funds. It involves risk management, tax planning, professional investment management, retirement, and estate planning. Make sure your entire financial life is in order by calling me, Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner at 878-2134 or go to my website, jasonqualscfp.com. You have worked your entire life for what you have and you deserve to determine how your assets are passed on to your loved ones. Make sure your estate plan is in order by calling John Baker, estate planning attorney today at 896-5621. Estate planning is not about you, but those you leave behind. For more, go to bakercouncil.com or call 896-5621. giving you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio. Certainly not selling any books or live event tickets. I'll leave that to the other show. I'm your host, Jason Qualls, Certified Financial Planner. Jason Qualls, CFP for, CFP.com for All About Me. John Baker, estate planning attorney, is here. John, a quick question regarding beneficiaries and minor beneficiaries. A lot of young parents, not really young parents, but you have minor children typically in an estate plan when someone passes everything goes to the surviving spouse and if the, when the surviving spouse passes it goes to the children no matter what age that they are what obstacles are there for leaving assets behind to a minor child yeah so you know the basic rule is that a minor and legally defined that that's 18 years old i mean under 18 years old uh, they cannot receive a significant amount of inheritance or money in their own name. They're a minor. They're actually technically considered disabled under the law. So, so a parent leaves them a $300,000 IRA or a $300,000 home. a 15-year-old child, the child can't receive it you know, outright. Uh, it's going to have to be managed under uh, a, a, a guardianship. Or, or some other mechanism. A guardianship is where the court appoints someone to uh, manage it, you know, with the supervision of the court until the child's 18. So uh, if I'm listening to this and I'm like, well, I don't really, I don't have this guardianship. And I'm like, oh, wait, well, the court's going to do it for me. Yeah. Is that ideal? 
Well, you know, I mean, there are cases where, where you, you need that, that oversight, but, but a lot of times it's probably not necessary, and there's an expense. You know, you have to hire a lawyer. There's ongoing uh, accountings and, you know, annual accountings and, and, and that have to be filed. Uh, and you could even have a parent having to, to go to court to be the guardian over their own child even, so uh, if there was a surviving parent there. So, so just because you're the parent doesn't mean you don't have to still get a court-appointed guardian over the money for the child. Uh, but how do we how do we avoid that? You know, I, th- I think the preferred method usually most of the things I'm working with is 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 a trust in the estate plan. We'll have a trust for a minor child, or at least the option of a trust. Uh, there are other mechanisms you could have provisions to uh, to allow. Uh, a responsible party like a parent to manage it in your will, or you could have the, you know the Uniform Transfer to Minors Act. You can set up custodial accounts. Yeah, I saw something yeah. interesting. It was a life insurance beneficiary form, and it was the line where if you wanted to name a minor as a beneficiary of this life insurance policy, that you could choose that that be managed under the UTMA rules. Right. Uh, I had never seen that before. So how would yeah. that work? I, I leave yeah. money behind to a minor and I check this UTMA, Uniform Tr- yeah. Transfer to Minors Act box, which typically people would set up as a joint account, investment account for their minor child. What does that work? How does that work when inheriting assets? Yeah, so 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 if the guardian's named, then, uh, then that person, you know, is under a legal duty to manage that account for that child. There's no court oversight. Um, you so know, I've so, named this person to take yes. over his guardianship. It goes into this special account, right. the life insurance. Pro- okay, yeah, and you avoid that court process, right? And 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 the and the and the custodian, if if they mismanaged it or you know embezzled it or something, they they could be sued for that. You know, they they, they are holding that money for the child, and and uh, you know even though there's no court oversight like you would have you know with a guardianship so there's some workarounds to not do the estate planning part of it where you you put all of the 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 minor assets maybe into a trust with a trustee mm-hmm. you can name you know you, you can do certain things it's almost like a band-aid yeah. the, the better fix is to have an all encompassing detailed estate plan when you have minor children right and and, and i think usually the preferred method is to have you know at least what we sometimes call a minor's trust so when someone inher- you know, you created this this trust for your children and, and they eventually had to use it or had to inherit assets that way, is it a complex management of this money? You know, is it as simple as hey, this money's in this? Where does how does it all come about and get set up at that point? Yeah. So it, in in the in the guardianship or outside of guardianship? Let's say you set up this trust, you create it, and the, you know the assets go into this in this the trust. Trust. Okay. Is, yeah. it, is it pretty seamless? Yeah, so so yeah, so the the trustee, you know, whoever it is, whether it's a professional trustee like a bank or, or a private person that has been chosen, will uh typically the, the, the trust will have a tax ID number and you'll open the trust accounts. They could be bank accounts, investment accounts, you know, whatever's appropriate for the situation. And and it's managed. And if the child needs something for the child's, you know, health, education, support, maintenance, the trustee typically has discretion to pay those things for the child. And the trust will uh, go on for as long as the trust is designated to last. All good stuff, especially if you have minor children. John Baker, estate planning attorney, BakerCouncil.com. John, if someone has a question off of the radio, what is the best phone number to reach you? Oh, yeah, we're at 615-896-5621. All right, this is Financial Coaching Radio. Stick around. Back right after this.
you know that the U.S. tax code has over 70,000 pages? This is precisely why you must have a tax expert on your team. The folks at THW CPAs have been providing their expertise to individuals and businesses in Middle Tennessee for over 50 years. And now they have an office right here in Murfreesboro. Call Kevin Sizemore today with THW CPAs at 848 1072. That's 848 1072 or online at THWCPA.com. How much are your investments costing you each year? Most people don't have a clue. Why is this extremely important? Because overpaying by just 1% a year in fees and expenses can reduce your account balance at retirement by 28%. You heard me right. 28% less at retirement. I'm commission-free, certified financial planner, Jason Qualls. I don't sell financial products. I don't accept commissions or kickbacks from investment companies. Give me a call today for a free unbiased investment review at 878-2134 or visit my website, jasonqualscfp.com. So this is Financial Coaching Radio. We've got a few more minutes left with you. Let me wrap up by saying this: something that we haven't discussed in quite some time. No matter if the market is up near all-time highs or it's kind of lagging and it's doing very poorly, which we haven't had a, a, a poor year really in over a decade. No matter what the scenario, there are fear mongers out there. Fear mongers on TV, fear mongers on the radio, and fear mongers that are financial salespeople. They're preying on you to get you scared enough of traditional financial planning methods that have worked for decades to steer you in to whatever it is they're trying to sell. It's typically if they're selling, if they're on TV, they're trying to sell you to watch their TV program. If they're on the internet, they're typically trying to sell you a newsletter subscription. If it's a financial person, they're typically trying to scare you into a tactic of a high cost, highly complex financial product like an annuity. Not all annuities are bad, but some of them are not appropriate for most of the living and breathing U.S. population. This all steers back to what I covered in the first segment. If someone has nothing to gain by the recommendation they're making to you, meaning you have hired this person and they say do this or do that, and whether or not you take action, if their compensation doesn't change, you know more than likely the advice they're giving. 